about today's interview because I'm going to learn right along with you. Um, If you've been listening a while, you know that I don't believe recovery is a one-size-fits-all, and I'm on a life journey to learn about different ways to cure or live with or handle addiction, whatever frame of mind you want to use. And today, we have Amy Cunningham with us, and she's going to teach us about Akashic Records. And like I said, I know very little. Um, Amy, I'm thrilled to have you here. Um, Would you mind kicking us off maybe with an introduction about yourself personally, and then maybe how you got into Akashic Records? Welcome. Thank you for having me on. I so appreciate it. I'm super excited to be here today. I am Amy Gray Cunningham, and I have been doing Akashic Record readings now for, oh, two or three years, something like that. And it, it's been an interesting journey, to be totally honest with you. I've, I started, my spiritual journey has started probably almost 27 years ago. Actually, it started a long time ago, probably in high school, when I was kind of floundering around trying to figure out who in the heck I was and what I was doing and what kind of creature I was as a teenager. I don't know if anybody can relate like that. Because teenage years were not my best years, I have to admit. I was I was definitely lost. And I remember kind of going going through life wondering what was out there. And I felt like if God kind of if God handed out the book of life on how to live life, I obviously was skipping school that day because I just didn't get it. I didn't understand this whole big bad world of of this earth world at all. And I felt kind of like an alien dropped off in a planet and, (laughs) you know, it just didn't quite fit in and didn't understand the whole rules and didn't understand what was going on. So that with that being said, I was always searching for where I fit in for something I I always knew that there was something greater than myself, if that makes sense, but I didn't quite know what it was. And I didn't necessarily believe in the mainstream religion per se, because I felt so sinful and because I didn't feel good enough. I didn't love myself and I didn't love I didn't know how to love others as well. And it wasn't until I I, I got pregnant. I was 21 and I got pregnant and I was never supposed to get pregnant. I was told all my life I would never get pregnant. And here I was pregnant and I was like, wow, okay. So I decided I was going to have the baby. And that was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I get chills as I tell that story, but he, he, he was the reason for pretty much my everything at that point, my son. And 
I wanted a better life for him than I wanted for myself. And he giving birth to him started my spiritual journey. Now I was definitely not the best mother when he was real little. And thank God that, uh, you know, we don't really remember a whole lot when we were infants and one and two years old, I guess, but <laughs> cause yeah, life was definitely interesting trying to navigate motherhood on my own, but I had a good support system as well. So, um, but that set me on a spiritual journey and looking for something to make sense. And I started, I went back to church, to the church I was raised in. I was like, okay, well, that's the foundation, I guess. That's the only place I knew to go. I didn't know where else to go. And things started clicking and I started asking God, I started praying that word pray. And I started praying to something out there, whatever that was. And I asked God to kind of um, show me who he was. And that really started opening doors. And literally it was like layers of onions coming off. And I'm like, oh, and and people say it's remembering. And I find it more of, um, or learning about things. And I find it more of a remembering or, or an unveiling of who I really am at soul level, who my soul is. It was kind of like, you know, the blinds are starting to open. And so that led me on to a, a spiritual journey of meditation. And I started to learn to meditate and I started to read books and I love to learn. I'm an avid learner and, or, and I love to read. I've got more books in this house than I know what to do with probably. <laughs> I could probably start my own library. <laughs> When it I comes relate to, to books. <laughs> so, um, and that's what got me. And I kept hearing this thing about the Akashic records and I'm like, what in the jeep is, is this Akashic record thing? And, you know, I'd hear it here and I'd hear it there and I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, I was more into chakras. What are chakras and how do I work with chakras? And so I would go down that rabbit hole and, um, you know, and things would come and I would always go back to the Akashic records. And so one day it just kind of clicked and I thought, okay, well, I want to learn more about how to do the Akashic records. And this one lady, I must've signed up for her website or her newsletter or something. Cause I kept getting newsletters from her every now and then. And spirit knows how to kind of nudge you in the right direction. I, I firmly believe, you know, when, when, when you're ready, the teacher will appear <laughs> right. when you, when right. your spirit's ready, the teacher will appear. And it usually works out that way for me. Do you mind Amy, if I call out a point, because I'm noticing a really big difference in your path and my path. And mm-hmm. I, I just want to point it out in case my audience, cause there's two very different school of thought. So I don't want anyone excluded in their, in their journey. So You talked about knowing at a very young age, high school, about spirituality and like recognizing that or even recognizing the search. For me, I didn't even like know there was a distinction between spirituality and religion until my recovery, uh, quite honestly. So only the last five, seven years. And the only reason I love how you said you went to church, right? Because that's what we know. 
And in the, in the 12 step work, that's exactly how I got to where I was. My 2019 resolution was, um, the 11 step prayer and and meditation. So I started going to church, even though I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. So I just want to call that out for my audience because maybe you never thought about spirituality before. Um, and maybe it's as simple as just listening to when those teachers appear and, and going with the flow. So um, thank you for letting me express that. Please continue. You were getting these emails. Yeah. Well, and just to kind of piggyback off of what you said, I looking back on it, I can see that that's what I was looking for, but to, at the time, I don't know if I necessarily consciously knew that that's what I was looking for. Okay. If that makes sense. Totally. Um, because I was so self-consumed or self-absorbed and, but I just never felt like I fit in. And I can actually remember sitting down to read the Bible because I just felt like everybody else got it, whatever it was, <laughs> you know, but me. And so I'm like, okay, well, it's gotta be in this this book, this Bible, because everybody keeps telling me that's what it is. And so maybe if I read it, I would understand. And so I started in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus, I can't even say the word. And, you know, that's probably not the best book to have started in, (laughs) in the Bible, (laughs) because I literally remember throwing it across the room saying, I'll just never get this. I'll just never understand it, it was just so foreign to me, but there was a part of me missing and that's what, and I actually went through drugs, alcohol, sex. I looked for everything outside of myself to fill that empty space, that void within me that I so desperately wanted to fill. And it was such a deep void. And I went down a huge rabbit hole searching for whatever it was. Uh, so I totally get the search, if that makes sense. It does. does. And, 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 and so it led me to asking questions and the more questions I asked, the more doors started to open up and this lady started showing up in my inbox and I'm like, okay, well, let me check her out here. And it, I, I watched a video that she had sent me and I'm like, okay, well, this makes a little bit of sense. And it was like connecting the dots. And the more dots I connected, the more things started to make sense. And like I said, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And Andrea Hess appeared and she made complete sense to me. And I had studied Reiki. I had studied many different modalities when it came to energy healing to try to figure out what it was. And there was always something in the way. And I really think that something in the way was my ego. My ego was so big and it was just in my, in my way of reaching uh, God or source or my spirit, my soul, my, the thing I was searching for that peace, that that transcends all of her, all of her knowing. And so I started taking her courses. I signed up for her courses and I, I honestly didn't think I would actually do Akashic record readings. I didn't think that I would be able to 
actually channel or actually understand. I wanted to understand it for myself. I did it more for myself. But then she said, okay, well, you know, if you want to get certified, then you need to have five clients. And of course, you know, I was all about the learning and the educating. I was all good. I was like, okay, I'm going to do the, you know, I'm going to get certified in it, whether I do anything with it or not, you know, you know, I'm, a, I'm even a Reiki master. I studied Reiki and I could, you know, I'm a Reiki master, but I don't do anything with it. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a certified nutritionist, but I don't do anything with it. I've got all sorts of different degrees and certifications, but I don't do a whole lot with it because I, I always want, I have this hunger to learn anyway. I went through the process and I found out, I was like, oh my God, these things are starting to reg. I understand. I hear these voices. I hear, I hear spirit. I can connect to spirit. And it's like, I feel this. And, and, and for those who don't know what the Akashic record records are, let me explain that first. The Akashic records are, they hold everything that you've ever thought, done, and said throughout all of your lifetimes. Literally everything that you've ever thought, done, and said, all your karmic patterns are held and stored within these records. Some people think of the records as like a library, people in a library. And it's like you take a book down off the shelf and it's got, it's titled Amy Gray Cunningham or the soul of Amy Gray Cunningham, whatever. And it's a book. I see it more as for me, the, the records are everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. It's in, it's housed in the, the, the fifth dimension. And when you think of the, of the dimensions, we, our physical bodies live in the third dimension. We live, breathe in the third dimension. We create in the third dimension. The earth is in the third dimension. This pencil is in the third dimension. It is physical. We can see it. It's slow. It's dense. Everything happens in the third dimension. The fourth dimension is where our minds reside, where we we time travel in the fourth dimension. We can think of the past and the future and the present. So we go back and forth within this this, uh, time dimensional ship, I guess. And then in the fifth dimension is where our souls, the angels, the records, all of of that really exists and, and is held. So, and, and this is all, I guess, uh, scientifically, scientifically quantified through quantum physics and, and all that. So it's really actually kind of cool to sit down and, and to study how this all works and how it's all put together. And, and, and as Andrea, it was explaining the Akashic records and where they're at and how you access them. Uh, it, 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 for me, it made sense. And I go into the records and it's, it's kind of our imagination. God gave us an imagination for a reason. And if we, if we utilize that imagination, it is phenomenal where we can go and what we can do. And the records for me, it's kind of like, there's an energetic shift when I go into the records where my, I, I physically feel a shift and I can literally hear and sense another dimension. I can't, I can't really explain it other than until you've actually experienced it. It's hard to explain. Um, and I know it probably sounds a little quacky or freaky, but 
not at all. Um, I actually, I went through it this past weekend. Actually, I locked myself up. I had, I had read a certain book and, um, the person that I was sharing the person like that I needed to sort things out about like the mm-hmm. next morning I was, I sent a message and I was like, I just know, I know now, like, this is the way things are supposed to work. And this feels really good. And I don't know how to explain it, but I just know. And, um, I think they're still processing that, but I know exactly what you're saying. The difference from Saturday night to Sunday morning were two totally different things for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is. uh, It's. And when you, when you go into the, because the records, like I said, it houses everything that you've ever thought, done, or said, but it also holds the future, the potential future. Let's put it that way, because we have free will and we have the ability to make choices in the here and now that affect the future. So if we make different choices, we change our future, our future outcomes, So our future is constantly changing by the choices that we make in this present moment. And a lot of times our future is dictated by the past because we're constantly making choices based off of our past behavior. And once we realize and can see those past patterns and those past karmic choices that we're making, knowledge And the understanding of why we do things the way we do them is 99.99% of the problem, of the solution. Once we understand that, then we're given the gift of being able and the freedom to make new choices. And that's what the records do for us. We're able to see and to experience new choices. And we, we receive the freedom to make new choices because we understand why we're doing things. So for me, when I understood why I was feeling the way I was feeling, why I felt and did the things I did when I was a teenager, it clicked. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to do those things anymore. I don't have to react that way anymore. I can make new choices, which completely has changed my future self. And who and what I'm going to be based off of the choices I'm making today. And for me, that's what the records do. And that's what I help with my clients to do. Because energetically, if we were an energetic match for what we wanted, we would have it right here and now. I mean, that, that is the law of attraction. If we, if we were an energetic match for what we wanted right now, we would have it. So how do we go from where we are right now to where we want to be? And that is making new choices, taking new action, understanding why we're creating those patterns, why we're, why we're creating those negative karmic choices, and then making new ones. And then by making new ones, we're creating new karmic choices, new karmic patterns. And we're energetically shifting our vibrational selves into a new vibrational level and attracting new vibrational consequences. And so we we can attract the new things, which is kind of cool. So, So how do you help with that? What does that look like? 
with you wow, what? certified and, and do you need someone who has a certain level of open mind? Um, is it many sessions? I have so many questions. So I guess we'll start with those three. Well, what happens is um, when a client calls me or sets up an appointment, um, the first thing I do is I have to ask for one for permission to get into the records, to access the records, because there's a firewall, firewall up. I can't just access anybody else's records. I have to have energetic permission. So there's a certain quote unquote key that I have to have in order to access, say, your records. And then um, I also ask for an intention because that really helps to set the tone for the reading. Sets the tone for the reading for me. So an intention is anything that you would like to manifest, physically manifest in this third dimension within the next three to six months. It has to be attainable. It has to be realistic. And it has to be, um, you know, achievable. It can't be, I mean, like, you know, you have $0 in your checking account and you want a million dollars within six months. That's not necessarily realistic. However, some people could probably pull it off depending, you know, than where they're at. Um, I have not done that yet, <laughs> but I'm not saying it's not possible. Right. But then again, I have not gone out and played the lottery either. So, you know, that would probably be the easiest way to do that is to go out and play the lottery. However, and my audience is not allowed to do that. <laughs> well, well, okay, then don't go out and do that. They have the However, free sale, um, but the lottery constitutes gambling. So I don't advocate. Yeah, but okay. Well, it's, and, it, and it's it's interesting because some people some people will say, okay, well, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to wait for this to happen for me. I'm just going to wait for the money to show up in my checking account because I've thought about it. I have, you know, put the vision board up. I have prayed about it and I'm going to allow it to just, you know, I'm just going to say it's going to happen. Yeah. There's a um, a story that I was going around Facebook for a long time about a guy sitting on top of a roof after a flood that had happened. And he was like, Oh, God's going to save me. God's going to save me. And he sent like a boat to come by and he's like, Nope, God's going to save me. And he sent an airplane to come by and pick him up. Nope. Nope. God's going to save me. And he sent another boat and he's like, Nope, God's going to save me. I ended up drowning. And he goes up to the pearly gates and he says, God, you were supposed to save me. Why didn't you save me? And he's like, well, I sent you two boats and an airplane. Jeez. You know, <laughs> what else did you want? <laughs> right. So literally we have to take the steps and we have to do the footwork in order for our energetic, sh- for our, sh- our vibrational shift to happen. So there is the, 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 the fifth dimensional spiritual work that we have to do. There's the fourth dimensional mental work that we have to do. And then there's the third dimensional physical work that we have to do. And all three have to come together for that energetic shift to happen. And what I help our, my clients to do in the records is to clear the spiritual and the mental and to get clear on their physical. And there's also a clearing that I do for the physical as well. But the step work, the physical work is what they have to do. I can't do that for them. They what, have to do that. What if, what if the three to six months, goal or, or intention 
involves someone else and you can't control someone else in doing the work, right? So is, is it still possible to get that result just by doing your own work because of the vibration and the energetic, like you're saying, Hey universe, I'm ready. And then the universe takes care of the other person. Well, a lot of people will come to me and say, okay, I want to attract a relationship with a certain person. I want to, um, you know, have a better relationship with my husband um, or my wife, let's say, let's put it that way. And so I want, I want to, and the way that I would restructure that, because you, you have no control over somebody else. They have their own free will per se. Um, but what I would have them do is, is restructure that intention to, Maybe, um, you know, within the next three to six months, I would like to get, you know, to work on myself and put myself in a position to attract um, the right, either the right relationship, if they're not in a relationship, the right relationship for myself, or to put myself in a position where, um, Because sometimes even in a marriage, the best possible outcome is for the marriage to dissolve. And sometimes the best possible outcome is for the marriage to continue. That's totally up to the two people in the relationship to determine. It's not for me to determine. So if they were wanting to work on their relationship, what I help them do is to recognize the blocks and restrictions that they bring into the relationship and then also what their life purpose is. And they get to make that choice at that point, whether or not this particular relationship is for them or not. Only they get to make that choice because I firmly believe that we are the creators of our own experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. We are here to experience ourselves as spiritual beings. And the way we do that is through relationships. The way we experience ourselves is through relationships with other people, through experiences with other people. And sometimes the relationships that we're in can be toxic for us, but they can be the best learning relationship, the best learning opportunities for us that we could ever experience. And I firmly believe that even the most toxic relationship that we could possibly be in, that other person signed up for it in the most loving of ways before we ever incarnated into this world. Because can you imagine being that soul that comes into this world to be the most abusive and toxic person to somebody else? No. You know what I mean? And I think of it, I read somebody, or I listened to a podcast. It was a podcast the other day about a lady who had had um, a life between life regression done. And she remembered that she was a Holocaust victim where she was um, part of, um, she died in one of the chambers and 
when she went through her life review, she was able to see that particular experience, not only from the role as her, the victim, but also from the role as the perpetrator, as the Nazi um, soldier who was the one that led them into the chamber. And she said that she would have much rather have been the victim than that man that led them into the chamber. Is it okay if I respond to that? Yeah. So my cousin um, got intentionally ran over in May. A girl was, was intentionally ran her over with the Jeep and she survived um, and the courts coming up and everything. And that's been part of the dialogue around it. Cause the father of the girl had been in and out of prison. Like there's a whole lot of stuff, right. For that girl. And even though we all want consequences, that's what you just triggered by that story that it's almost perpetrator was a nicer word. I wanted to say bad guy, but people who are happy and fulfilled and aligned are not intentionally running people over or not terrorizing people in the Holocaust. So um, I'm sorry, that just showed up for me and I had to spit it out because I related to it so much. So, um, so, so with this intention, like what someone comes to you, works with you, you're, you're helping them physical. I want to get to where it ties into addiction, but first I want to ask, like, what do you have to work with someone the whole three to six months? Is there like homework? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, well, I do, um, I do send people home with homework. Um, I do do coaching for three to six months. Well, it's usually on a three-month basis. We start off with three months. Um, the initial reading is is usually about an hour and a half to two hours, depending on um, how many questions they may have. Um, but what happens is, as I go through the first part of the reading, is I tell the person who they are at soul level. Because there's no time in the Akashic Records, I'm able to see how God created your soul to manifest, to be the perfect Bobby, how he created you uniquely to be you without any karmic patterns or karmic debts involved, how he created you with all his perfect ingredients and nuances and all this perfect love. And it's so amazing. And most people are able to say, yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. Oh, Oh my God. Yeah. And that, and, and with that, then we go into based off of the intention that you you set for for the for the reading the blocks and the restrictions that show up the patterns the negative karmic patterns that are keeping you from moving into that vibrational match of your intention and it could be from past lives it could be from this life it just really depends on what your soul says that you're ready to look at now so you're in and then we clear those your intention could be to give up gambling or drinking or smoking, or it could be to mm-hmm. give up the addiction. That could be the intention. Yes, exactly. And a lot of people do do that. And a lot of people are like, you know, I want to quit drinking alcohol. I want to, I want to abstain. Um, I've, I've worked with people on doing that as well. And we actually go back. I've actually, I've done that with myself and I've seen, um, past lives where I have actually taken care of 
alcoholics. And I have been the caregiver of alcoholics. And I've seen that side of it. And I have been the one to judge them for being alcoholics. And then I come into a lifetime where I have had alcoholism in my, in my life. Um, And so with the law of polarity, a lot of times in, in, in the, in this third dimensional world, what we, what our life lesson is, it could be love. We could come into experience love, but we actually experience the opposite of it. Because in order to know the light, we have to know the dark. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I've come to believe, and this just happened um, in the last couple of years, is that all the things we go through in this life have a purpose so that we can share the love, the solution, the experience with whoever we're supposed to share it with, right? Because if we're put here to have purpose, we need the tools in the mm-hmm. toolbox. So essentially all that pain experience, whatever is in the toolbox to help people. So again, as you were talking, if you didn't go through the drinking, maybe you wouldn't be as good or effective, whatever that language looks like for your clients, right? Cause there, there might be the relatability piece nugget missing or, or whatever. Am I thinking about that correctly? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And actually in, I have met souls um, in this work who actually incarnate into this world, who incarnate into the very darkest of issues, who incarnate into this world, into um, sex trafficking and slavery and, um, you know, into the really dark human issues of the world in order to move through that experience it know what the that life is like so they can become the light for those who need help moving through it such as yourself you're helping people to move through the life of addiction and shining the light on that and i really firmly believe that there are souls that literally sign up for that type of life, because I've had people ask me before, why would, why would anybody incarnate and choose to incarnate into a life where their parents abuse them or their parents are sexually abusing them, or, you know, there's alcoholism in their, in their family. Why would they intentionally sign up for that? I can't answer that per se for that particular individual, But what I can say is from the people that I have worked with, the reason why they incarnated into that particular lifetime was so they can experience it, understand it, and be able to help others move through it and become the light in that darkness. And it's tough. It's not easy. It's tough. And we sign up for that. And it is but it's an experience. It's rewarding on certain levels. Um, but it's what our souls really need. And for me, that's what I was searching for when I was eight, nine, 10, 18, 20, 
and still even at 30, 40, now 50, <laughs> you know, um, so, and then there's souls that come into these, into this lifetime who just want to experience being loved and having a warm, cozy family that, you know, everything's hunky dory and things just flow to them, but they may have had other lifetimes where they've lifetime, you know, they incarnated into, you know, deep darkness. We don't know. That is one of the reasons why they say, do not judge a book by the cover. You do not know what another person has walked through in their lifetime. And if we can look at someone else and say, but there go, but for the grace of God, there go I, then we know what true love is and we know what true forgiveness is. And I think that's one of the reasons why most of us all incarnate into this earthly realm, because it's not easy. Number one and number two, learning to forgive Mm -hmm. those that do things that are so incomprehensible and so unforgivable because they're, but for the grace of God, go I, and we're all one. We all come from the same ocean. We're just in different vessels. We literally have, God has taken the ladle of the ocean of himself and poured it into these bases, these bodies. And when we leave this body, when we discarnate this body and we go back into the ocean, we all go back into one big, vast ocean of souls. We're all together in this world. We're all together in this. We're all one spirit. And if we can think of it like that, then there's no separation. There's no you. There's no me. There's just us. There's we. There's one. Does that make sense? It, it does. And, and thank you for clarifying that. And you triggered another question for me. So if that's. I'm going to make sure I'm asking this the right way. Um, So if that's the case, do you, so I'm going back to the whole high school thing. So I had always thought Mm -hmm. that I was a atheist, right? Cause I was so angry and I was like, Mm -hmm. well, if, if God existed or any of this stuff existed, all these things wouldn't happen. And I, you know, I felt that way until very recently. So my question is, do you need to have faith in order for this to work, for, for you to have access to the readings? Like, does the person have to believe on some level or do they just need an open mind? Or can you take someone who's totally against it and, and do it? I ask for people to have an open mind. I am not, I'm not going to try to change anybody's mind. I'm not going to try to make them believe because everybody is right where they're supposed to be. There's no right. There's no wrong. There just is. And I love everybody for right where they're right where they're at. And I have friends on Facebook that are and friends in my in my life that are just, wow. I'm like, okay, so closed minded and so, um, black and white that this is the way, but that's their experience. That's what they want to create. That's where they want to be. 
totally fine. I am not about to go out and try to change their mind or sway them in one way or another. (laughs) Everybody is right where they're supposed to be. And thank God they're there because they are serving a purpose. They are. They are serving a purpose in one way or another, whether I can see it or not. And I just send them love and light and move on. So people who are attracted to the readings that I give and people who are attracted to me really want and are open to the readings. If they're not, they wouldn't, they wouldn't come to me because I actually set an intention for those who want to come to get a reading to be ready for it. Because I am not in the place to try to change anybody's mind. I don't want to, I don't need to. Right. Because everybody is perfectly perfect right where they are. And when they're ready, the teacher will appear. So is there anything that I'm forgetting to ask that you'd like to share with the audience? We're coming close to the hour and I think I could talk, keep you all day. So um, (laughs) I just want to make sure that you get the the high level points that you really would, would like to get across and, um, I believe that I believe that they'll hear what they need to hear, you know, so I just want to make sure there's an opportunity for that as well. Yeah, no, I think um, I always ask before I, I ever do a podcast or I do a reading or anything like that, that whatever is supposed to come through comes through whatever people are supposed to hear people hear and that seeds are planted. And like I said, people are right where they're supposed to be. And everybody is perfectly perfect. And just know that life is good, no matter what's going on around you, no matter what situations you find yourself in. And I think the only thing that I could possibly say about having a reading done or working within the records. And I love to teach people how to go into the records on their own because everybody can go into their own records. They don't know that they can or actually how to do it. So I love to teach people how to do it on their own. And because that empowers them to be able to do that, because when you go into the records, you see things from a completely different perspective that you've never thought before, because there's councils within the records that counsel you on different and different, like I said about the, the, um, the, the lady who was a Holocaust victim in her life between life regression, you know, she was able to see when she was having um, her life review in that reading, um, her experience from the perspective of the perpetrator, which is a totally different perspective to see that experience, which brought that experience to a completely different level for her, a level of love and forgiveness. And it helped to heal that lifetime So when you go into the records, it is so cathartic and there are, I am always asking my guides, how can I see this in a different light? How can I see it from a higher perspective? 
because there's always another way to see something. There is nothing that's black and white. There's always a different perspective. And so I always, I try to see things from a new perspective. And I'm sure when I go through my life review after this lifetime, I'm sure I'll see things from all sorts of different perspectives, which would be so awesome. So where can people find you, Amy? On my website, amygraycunningham.com. And I'm on Facebook at amygraycunningham.com or Instagram at amygraycunningham.com. Perfect. <laughs> and I'm also on Twitter at amycunningham1. Great. Well, we'll mostly sure we everything's Amy Gray in the show notes too. So it's been like amazing. I'm feeling much gratitude. I'm also feeling like you're a sign because this is a topic I never heard of. It ties in great with what I went through this weekend. So I feel like you're a confirmation symbol for me personally, which is pretty interesting. Um, so hopefully, I love it. hopefully I didn't act too selfish with my questions, but it was, it was just very interesting to me. And you know, we did some rescheduling and some moving around. And I guess this is for the audience to see how things happen perfectly, right? If we met when we originally weren't supposed to meet, I might not have received you the way I received you today. It's, it's pretty everything, cool. Mm-hmm. So. Everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to in perfect timing. That's always what I say. Yes. yes. Love it. All right, Amy. Well, thank you. I will make sure that everybody has information and, um, We'll get you out there and share you with the world. I love it. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate your time and for allowing me to share. 